Hey guys. And welcome to another episode of As the Crime Turns. I'm your host, Desmond Derville, and I'd like to thank you for listening today. Before we get started, there are a few things I want to fill you in on. Next week will be our episode 7, and the following week will be our season finale, episode 8. The podcast has been going great so far. I'm extremely grateful for all the support and listens that I've gotten. I'm excited to get back to you with season two. In the meantime, remember to join our mailing list so that you get any updates I decide to send out. Also, tell a friend. Let them know to subscribe to the show, and if they enjoy it, go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and a review. I'd love to hear their feedback as well. Without further ado, welcome to this week's episode, The Mystery of Lounge High. Some of the eeriest things happened in the Southeast, guys. This week, we are back in Georgia, Lowndes County to be exact, holding the county seat, Valdosta, Georgia. The only thing I knew about Valdosta was that it's close to Florida and that it's in Southern Georgia. Nothing really. Anyway, when we send our children to school, we never expect for them not to return. We want them in class, safely getting their education, being students, enjoying their peers, participating in extracurricular activities, whatever the case may be. And even though the idea isn't absolutely unheard of, could you imagine sending your son or daughter to school and never seeing them again? Well, in the winter of 2013, this would become the narrative for Kenneth and Jackie Johnson. This is the story of Kendrick K.J. Johnson. This story seems very sketchy. It twists seven ways from Sunday, honestly. Kendrick Lamar K.J. Johnson was born on October 10th, 1995 as the youngest son to Kenneth Johnson Sr. and Jacqueline Johnson in Lowndes County, Georgia. He was a sophomore at Lowndes County High School with a deep passion for sports and was a member of Lowndes County High Vikings football, basketball, and track teams. Kendrick was described by family as being a quiet and kind teenager. Once he finished school, Kendrick had hopes of playing college football and basketball. KJ's mother Jacqueline explained he was truly the laughter and joy of their home. Moving forward, here's what we know. Christmas break had just ended. On January 10th, 2013, Kendrick set off to school like any other day. With winter break having just ended two days prior, the students at Lowndes County High were at full speed. Around one o'clock that afternoon, camera footage from Lowndes County High spots Kendrick walking towards the old gym of the school. 
It was alleged that Kendrick had been in a fight sometime after that. According to the lieutenant in charge of the case, quote, he came down the hall and essentially he entered the gym. He followed another kid. The student came in first and KJ came in second. The two went into different directions and did not get into a scuffle. Quote, that day after school, Kendrick was scheduled to stay after four game. I'm not quite sure if it was basketball, but I know most high school basketball seasons start around winter or after winter break. According to Captain Wanda Edwards of Lowndes County Police, Kendrick never made it to the game. The school recorded Kendrick making it to first, second, and third period, but unfortunately, not his last. That night, around 9, Jackie, KJ's mom, realized he hadn't gotten home yet. The game should have ended by now, and Kendrick should be home, but he wasn't. At this point, unbeknownst to anyone, he had been missing for at least eight hours. We are already aware that Valdosta is not big at all, so it shouldn't take that long to get anywhere. After hours of waiting to hear from KJ, Jackie decided it'd be best to get out and look for him. It would be after midnight that she finally decided to call the police and file a missing persons report. I can only imagine Jacqueline, Kenneth, or any of the Johnson family, for that matter, slept that night. The next morning, now January 11, 2013, Kendrick's family got up early and went to the school to hang missing persons flyers and just ask around about the whereabouts of their loved one. You guys, this is where things basically take a turn for the worse. Around 10 that morning, students were in the smaller annex gym of the school getting ready for a life sports class. As the students were breaking down the bleachers and lying out the mats for class, the students saw something white sticking out of one of the wrestling mats. During the break, most of the mats used in the gym had been rolled, tied, and placed in the corner, most likely by cleaners. At first, the kids thought it was a joke. Maybe someone just placed it there, like put a soda bottle inside a sock and just left it there. But as they got closer, it became apparent that the white that they saw were socks, and inside the socks were feet. It was a body. Students described a pungent smell. As they got closer, perhaps it could have been the smell of vomit, bodily fluids, or depending on the time of death, a decomposing body. The students immediately ran to the gym coach who then began frantically turning over all of the stacked mats in an attempt to reach the body. As he knocked mats over aggressively to find the mat which held the body, a shoe and some school books slid off the top of the mats. The coach, Philip Pipelow, noticed a blue cheerleader mat. He was also able to see the two feet closer. As he unrolled the mat, he was able to see a black male from the waist up. The head was extremely disfigured and somewhat swollen. By 10.30, the 
The police were called. The body discovered was that of Kendrick K.J. Lamar Johnson. The girls who found the white socks peeking out of the mat were the daughters of the superintendent at the time. A few things started taking place after this. At approximately 11 a.m., Lowndes High School was immediately locked down. Shortly after, the Lowndes County Sheriff requested backup and assistance of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Now, typically, when a person dies, once the police arrive, the coroner is called, if not first. This time, things were slightly different. Students alleged Kendrick's body was moved on a stretcher prior to the investigation starting. Lowndes County Police denied this allegation. Investigators took hours to process the scene. According to the lieutenant, quote, every fingernail was collected, quote. The Lowndes County Police also went on to say they took such a long time because they wanted to ensure nothing was overlooked. Finally, at 3.45 that afternoon, now about six hours after KJ was discovered and a whole 26 hours after he had gone missing, the Lowndes County Coroner Wilbur Watson, a.k.a. Bill, and Deputy Coroner Will Broadwell Carter made the announcement or pronunciation of death. I'd also like to add, if Kendrick's body was moved on a stretcher, it was back in the gym by the time the coroners arrived. The whole time this was happening, Jackie was still at the school when the news broke. The school administrators had ushered Jackie and her family to sit in a room in the Board of Education building while the crime scene was processed. I have a hard time imagining what it would feel like to sit there while the crime scene of your loved one is being processed that close. In the midst of Kendrick's death, of course the school was buzzing on social media. The year was 2013, and I say that to say social media was a powerful tool at that point. That morning, a student in the live sports class tweeted, My class just found a dead person upside down in a girls' competition mat. From there, replies roll in. The student tweeted they thought it was Kendrick Johnson, but I imagine they were unsure because of the decomposition. Kendrick was last seen around 1.35 that afternoon with his yellow trapper keeper. As I mentioned earlier, sources alleged he was lured into the gym for a fight. However, Lowndes County Police denied this also. Side note, imagine rolling a yoga mat up completely and then standing it up. Kendrick was found upside down in a wrestling-slash-cheerleading mat propped against the wall practically standing. That mat was about 20 times the size of a yoga mat. It was said the mat was anywhere between 6 and 7 feet tall and between 2 and 3 feet wide. There were varying stories about how wide the roll mat measured up to be. But my question is, how exactly did he end up in the mat? After research, I found photos showing where the mats were in the gym. There were several in that area. I'll place this image on the As a Crime Turn site for you to view. At the time, 
Lowndes High School was charging students for lockers to store their gym clothing. Of course, if you didn't want to pay, you'd find another option, like gym mats. It was said that some of the students would hide their gym clothes and shoes in the mats for when they had class. Because it was Christmas break, and I imagined school cleaners, as I stated previously, the mats had all been rolled, tied, and then stacked together. Some of them were even placed on top of each other. Kendrick was allegedly going in after a pair of gym shoes. Investigators initially made claims that this was a freak accident. Kendrick was headed to class and he went in to get his gym clothes, slipped into the mat, and could not get out. Because he was stuck, the blood rushed to his head and he passed. Kendrick's parents did not believe this. They felt something had happened to Kendrick and that he was placed in the mat, with varying opinions rolling over. Only an autopsy would provide an explanation. On January 13th, an autopsy was performed by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. It would be months before the family of KJ heard the results of what may have happened to their loved one. Right now, Jackie Johnson and Kenneth Johnson, both the parents of uh, Kenneth Johnson, a young man who was, of course, found dead at the high school in uh, Valdosta, Georgia. We're still trying to understand this, Jackie and Kenneth, and, and I'm confused. I'm lost, and so are my listeners. What is the story behind what happened with your child? They're trying to say that my son was in the gym, and uh, he fell. He was reaching for his shoe or his headphones and fell into the mat, and uh, apparently he got stuck, and uh, he couldn't get out. Does that make any sense to you? Because it doesn't make sense to me. It don't make any sense to anyone. Was there a private uh, autopsy done or just through the uh, through the county? They've done an autopsy, but it, it have not come back yet. So that's what we're confused, you know, wondering why he's saying uh, they're so quick to say no foul play. You know, Jackie, I reached out to uh, Reverend Al Sharpton with the National Action Network. They're going to get back with us. Do you all have an attorney yet? Uh, we have one, uh, uh, Fisher and Dearmark. That's all we have right now. Well, I need you to keep us posted, man. We want to make sure that whatever happens, we notify the listeners every day of what's going on with this case. And I'm sorry that I'm just finding out about it. I posted last night on Facebook and it blew up and your family reached out to me and I wanted to have you on right away today to let you and everyone else know I'm not going to quit until you're satisfied. We're not satisfied right now because we have a lot of unanswered questions. What do you expect to happen next? We want justice for our son. That's the main thing we want right now because, you know, at Lyles High School, you know, you know, our son is gone. Now he is not coming back, and uh, right. you, we got thousands of other kids still at that school, and someone who's responsible for this is still on the loose. Jackie, I am completely confused how an athlete could fall into a mat, roll himself up, and suffocate. I I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense to anybody who heard the story. Me either. I'm I'm so confused and appalled of the stories that they are giving, trying to give us about it. I just don't think there's enough answers yet, and there should be more answers. This happened. He went missing, if I'm not mistaken, on Thursday, January 10th, and they found the body the next day. So it was a whole yes. day before they even found this young man. Yes, it was. Kenneth, you know, we always talking about dads being there for their kids. You were there, and you still lost your son over something that sounds absolutely ridiculous to everybody listening to this story. I saved my son from the street. Mm-hmm. You know, I stopped my son for gangbanging. I stopped my son for being on the corner selling drugs. Where... I allowed him actually to go and be a part of, that's where he ended up there. That's right, at school. What do you want to say to the Valdosta authorities? Obviously, we want to work with them. You know, we don't want to work against them. What do you want to say to them about what it is that you want to see happen next? I want to 
see justice talk to my son. Come out and tell us what's really going on. Stop hiding whatever they're hiding from us. We want to know the truth, and we're going to get to the bottom. And why did they not let you all see the body? I mean, what is going on with this hiding of the body business? What happened with that? They did not let my wife see the body at all that day. They um, identified my son by his shoes. Uh, they wouldn't let any of the family members identify my son's body. It was obvious from that clip that Kendrick's family was not satisfied with how the investigation had been going uh, thus far. In the meantime, they had to bury the joy of their family. Harrington Funeral Home handled the services for Kendrick at no charge. His funeral was January 19th. Several vigils and protests would occur from this time up until May for the fight for justice for Kendrick. His family truly believed this was no mistake. That May, the autopsy was released. I was able to locate the first copy performed by the state. When I was keying in this information, I was eating. I had to stop. I say that to say this may become somewhat graphic. The autopsy states, and I quote, In accordance with the Georgia Death Investigation Act, an autopsy is performed on the body of Kendrick Johnson at the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, Central Regional Medical Examiner's Office, on January 14, 2013. The autopsy began at 9.40 a.m. Presentation of the body. The body is received in a body bag, lying on and partially wrapped in a white sheet. The portion of the sheet corresponding to the upper body shows varying amounts of decomposition fluid, soiling predominantly centered on the head. The body shows congestive decomposition changes of the head, neck, torso, bilateral upper extremities, purged fluid drains from the nose and mouth, body ID tags on the right foot. The body is clothed in white socks, denim jeans which are unbuttoned and unzipped, a white with dark colored striped cloth material belt with a white metal buckle which is unbuckled, black sports shorts, blue tone boxers, and a white t-shirt, a yellow orange sleeveless t-shirt, and a sleeveless tank top. The front pockets of the jeans are partially pulled out. The clothing shows varying amount of decomposition fluid, predominantly involving the shirts. No obvious foreign body material or acute damage is present. Accompanying the body, lying on and across the upper chest, is a set of white black wire earphones. These would probably be the headphones I imagine he had in his ears. Continuing forward. Summary and Interpretation the decedent is a 17-year-old black teenage male who was found deceased upside down in the central hole of a rolled-up gym mat, which was stored standing on end in a vertical position in the gym of his high school. Per investigative reports, the decedent seen via video cameras entering the gym alone on the afternoon of January 10, 2013. The decedent was reported missing by his family the night or early morning of January 10, or January 11, 2013. The decedent was found the morning of January 11, 2013 by students walking on top of rolled up mats. Law enforcement, investigative findings, crime scene investigator findings and reports, coroner's findings, witness statements, and scene photographs are received, reviewed, and discussed. The finding at autopsy is a well-developed and well-nourished black teenage male 
with congestive decomposition changes of the head, neck, torso, and upper extremities. No significant natural disease process or injuries are identified. Analysis of post-mortem liver for the drug screen testing is negative for cocaine or cocaine metabolites and common opioids. Analysis of post-mortem liver for drug confirmation testing negative for comprehensive drug screen. Given the complete autopsy, including toxicology and histology, the scene photographs, the scene forensic testing, the law enforcement investigative findings, including crime scene investigator report and witness statements, and the coroner's findings, it is my opinion the cause of death in this case is positional asphyxia, and the manner of death is accident. Sincerely, Marianne Gaffney Crabb, Regional Medical Examiner. Positional asphyxia. Of course, I didn't know what that was, so I had to look it up. I started with asphyxia. Asphyxia or asphyxiation is a condition of deficient supply of oxygen to the body that arises from abnormal breathing. An example of asphyxia is choking. Asphyxia causes generalized hypoxia, which affects primarily the tissues and organs. There are many circumstances that can induce asphyxia, all of which are characterized by an inability of individual to acquire sufficient oxygen through breathing for an extended period of time. Asphyxia can cause coma or death. So positional asphyxia occurs when someone's position prevents the person from breathing adequately. Positional asphyxia may be a factor in a significant number of people who die suddenly during restraint by police, prison correction officers, military or healthcare staff. Positional asphyxia is also a common cause of death in infants. Positional asphyxia is a potential danger of some physical restraint techniques. People may die from positional asphyxia by simply getting themselves into a breathing restricted position they cannot get out of. Even through the person's own carelessness as a consequence of another accident or where infants are placed in a position where their mouth and nose is blocked or where the chest may be unable to fully expand. Putting Kendrick into this scenario, basically, because he was positioned in an upside-down manner of a constricting mat, he ultimately stopped breathing and died. I have placed this entire report on the site to view at your leisure. Lieutenant Stride Jones of the Lowndes County Police stated, and I quote, We never had credible information that indicated this was anything other than an accident. Quote, the Johnsons were pissed. They questioned the investigation in its entirety. They felt all along something questionable had happened to their son. That June, Kendrick was exhumed. On June 5, 2013, they hired Dr. William R. Anderson of Heathrow, Florida, to perform an independent autopsy. Now, the second autopsy. An autopsy report obtained exclusively by CNN is fueling calls for a new investigation to the death of a Georgia teenager, Kendrick Johnson, last January. Authorities at the time ruled it an accident, but to Kendrick's parents, that never made sense for a number of reasons, starting with the fact that Kendrick's body was found inside a rolled-up wrestling mat in his high school gym. Now, a second independent autopsy paid for by Kendrick's parents says his death was not an accident at all. Richard Blackwell has been following the story for months, and we want to warn you in his report, there is a photo of Kendrick taken after his death, and it may be uh, disturbing to some viewers. Here's Victor's report. 
Kendrick Johnson was a high school three-sport star in the South Georgia town of Valdosta. He played football, basketball, and ran track. Good at all of them? Good at all of them. So when 17-year-old Kendrick was not at the basketball game on January 10th and then did not come home, his parents, Kenneth and Jacqueline Johnson, knew something was wrong. Come to Lowndes High School now. There's a dead body out here. Okay, where at, sir? Lowndes High School in the old gym. That body was Kendrick. This is a photo of him. He was found the next morning upside down in the center of a rolled six-foot wrestling mat. I just got weak, nervous. Investigators believe Kendrick got stuck in the mat while reaching for this shoe that had fallen into the center of that mat. Lieutenant Stride Jones is with the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office. We examined all the alternatives that were presented to us, and the only one that fit the uh, physical evidence and the forensic evidence and the testimonial evidence that we received was this is an accident. But it didn't add up for Kendrick's family, and this picture of Kendrick only served to fuel their concerns. As handsome as my son was, then you see him like that, it's, it's, um, it's crazy. I really feel he's murdered. The photo has gone viral online, shared thousands of times through social media. Crowds packed the small southern town demanding answers. In May, they got them. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation confirmed the sheriff's theory. Cause of death, positional asphyxia. Simply, the state said Kendrick was smothered by his own body weight. No significant injuries. There was no foul play. He had no bruises, no nothing. Did you believe that? No. And you still don't believe it? No, I don't. In June, at his parents' request, Kendrick's body was exhumed and taken to Florida for a second independent autopsy. This time, the findings were dramatically different. The report, obtained exclusively by CNN, cites the cause of death as unexplained apparent non-accidental blunt force trauma. Blows to the neck, not an accident. Despite the new report, the state and local authorities stand behind their findings. Supporters for Kendrick's family are calling for a Department of Justice investigation. And Kenneth Johnson says he will not stop until he finds the person who killed his son. No matter who you are, how much money your parents have, the color of your skin, everyone deserves justice. Everyone. Well, Victor Blackwell joins me now. It's not just the Johnsons who are questioning the investigation. The, the Lowndes County coroner says the scene was compromised. How, how so? Well, first, Anderson, uh, the coroner, Bill Watson, says that law in Georgia is that the coroner is to be called immediately once a body is found. We checked, and that's true. Kendrick's body was found at about 10 a.m. He was called at about a quarter to three, and he says that once he arrived, the body had been moved. Now, the sheriff's office says that they did nothing wrong on that scene. We also received an email from him a few days after our interview on camera in which he told us that. I want to put up part of the email, Anderson, and he writes in that email, I would appreciate it if you would destroy this interview with me. I do not want this to be shown whatsoever. I feel that our situation should not be aired. Now, we have aired that interview here on CNN. And, of course, that request only fueled the skepticism from the Johnsons and their supporters. I was able to track down a piece of an official report Bill Watson gave to Ebony Magazine. He states, quote, The investigative climate was very poor to worse when I arrived at the scene. The body had been noticeably moved. The scene had been compromised, and there was no cooperation from law enforcement at the scene. 
I was not notified in his death until 1545 hours. According to Georgia Law 45-16-24, it shall be the duty of any law enforcement officer or other person having knowledge of death to notify immediately the coroner or county medical examiner of the county in which the acts or events resulting in the death occurred or the body is found. This autopsy came at a different tune. The independent autopsy showed claims that there were traces of what could have been blunt force trauma to the right neck and soft tissues, suggesting Kendrick's death was not accidental. In the original autopsy, there is a section which explains the bruises on the hand. It states, blunt force injury. On the right posterior metal wrist, there is an eighth by eighth inch superficial abrasion. On the left distal fourth finger, involving the dorsal skin just proximal to the cuticle, there are two superficial abrasions measuring 8 by 8 inch and 3 16th by 8 inch. On the left distal fourth finger, involving the dorsal skin overlying the, the distal interphalangeal joint, there is 5 16th inch superficial tear with no associated hemorrhage. No other injuries are identified. It lists nothing about the neck. The second autopsy, again performed June 15th and reported August 15th by Dr. William R. Anderson, MD, stated the following. Anatomic Pathologically Findings The first one was blunt force trauma. There was acute hemorrhage to the soft tissues of upper neck. The second one, review of initial autopsy. Findings not consistent with positional asphyxia. Cause of death. Blunt force trauma, right neck involving right mandible and soft tissues, including the area of the cartoid body, consisted with inflicted injury. Note, unexplained apparent non-accidental blunt force trauma. Further investigation is indicated to determine the etiology of the injuries. Description of injuries. Examination of the head and neck shows an area of contusion injury involving the right mandibular area with moderate discoloration of the skin. The main thing that stood out on the autopsy beyond the blunt force trauma was the internal examination. The doctor recorded, and I quote, visceral removed at initial autopsy is not present with the body. In other words, collectively, the internal organs of the body were removed at the initial autopsy and were no longer present with the body. What was there in replace of the organs, you ask? Newspaper. Now, after this family has endured the phase of feeling KJ was missing to finding out he was dead inside a gym mat, the medical examiner initially determining his death was an accident, to now, six months later, finding out his organs had been removed and he was stuffed with newspaper. What do you think the family of Kendra Johnson did next? Well, I guess you'll have to find out next week on part two of the mystery of Lowndes High. That's it for today's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Be sure to meet me back here next Sunday for part two of the mystery of Lounge High. 
Remember, the week after that, we'll have our season finale. I'll be sure to put the blog post up after episode two has aired. In the meantime, if you're not already subscribed, be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date with all released episodes. Also, keep up with us on social. You can follow us on Instagram at As the Crime Turns Podcast. Again, we'll see you back here next week for part two. I'm Desmond DeVell, and as always, this is As the Crime Turns. <laughs>